0: Yeah, it's your boy Ray Ray on the mic. Let's go. Mic check, mic check. Welcome to On the Mic with Ray White, where we share life lessons, encourage self-reflection, and equip you to take action. My name is Ray White, and I am just that you're taking the time to listen to this episode today. And I'm so excited, man. Well, you already know we got another fire interview for you. Woo. Yes. My boy Adrian Lewis comes on to the mic and he is going to share his story, a phenomenal story that he has as he's making an impact as an educator, a family man, and the head coach of the Lady Saxons basketball team. My guy comes on. He shares quite a bit about what does it look like to overcome adversity as well as position yourself to be in, in a successful spot and continue to drive success as you are showing up and taking action on a regular basis but more importantly he drops some gems that he is sharing to the next generation to equip them and encourage them to be successful in, in their endeavors and i'm so excited just to, for him to share those elements with you on this episode because you're gonna get some value <laughs> so much value is gonna be dropped and as you hear it as you Find the gems that Adrian's gonna drop to you. I would love for you to take a screenshot, tag me and Adrian in it, and share it on your social networks, whether it's Facebook or Instagram. And let me know, because I wanna make sure that we promote that too, and have his message continue to be shared across the platforms. Let me know, y'all. I'll be sure to tag Adrian's Instagram and social media all in the show notes, so be sure to follow there. But let me go ahead and get to this episode titled, Making an Impact, featuring Adrian Lewis. I kind of have a spiel in the beginning. I kind of don't. I kind of just go with it, you know?
1: (laughs) (laughs) So it begins.
0: Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of On The Michael Thray White. I am super excited to have another great friend on the podcast, uh, somebody who uh, we go way back. Uh, back to the college days, which we'll definitely talk quite a bit about, um, As somebody I looked up to, uh, I still look up to, literally and figuratively, <laughs> um, when it comes to uh, just growing up in life and seeing how things work. But super excited to have Adrian Lewis on the show. Adrian, how are you today, man?
1: I'm great. I am great. And I'm That's excited that. for this. Nervous but excited at the same time. I don't know. I feel like this is my first big interview. I don't know. <laughs> so pretty, big, man. Getting newspaper
0: interviews, that's, that's easy. I, don't know. I just feel
1: like it's big time. I don't know. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. This is going viral, real, real time, right when it drops. Yeah. Uh, man, no, I'm excited to get you on the podcast, man. I, um, you know, we'll talk quite a bit about just some of the things you've learned and the and, uh, work that you've been doing from college until now uh, in your coaching and just the impact that you're making on the next generation, uh, both in the classroom and on the court. Uh, throughout the years but before we get started i uh i'm asking this question to all our guests and we'll love to have it as like an anchor to in the sense of who you are and get the listeners to know who you are and what you stand for uh so the question i have here is uh in a sentence what would you articulate as your mantra or your mission in life
1: man um that's a great question uh just thinking about it uh Honestly, I I really never had one. Um, I would, uh, I really, I just lived life. Um, I always knew I wanted to impact uh, students or uh, teenagers, because that's the profession I am now. And I'm not going to lie, it's a big Kobe fan. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, Grew up with the guy, and he had a big impact on my life, just got me through things. I just followed his career. And unfortunately, he passed away Mm -hmm. in all these different, things come up of what he said. And um, I finally found my life mission and a sentence he said, it says the most important thing in life is how your career moves and touches those around you. and how it carries forward to the next generation. I'm like, that's exactly defines who I want to be, what I want to be just with the field of teaching and coaching um, with my career. I feel like I have a lot of impact on everyone around me um, and just trying to make the best out of that. Um, hopefully, it's more positive than negative. But <laughs> just understanding that uh, my career uh, has a big impact on these kids and uh, parents and, and fans, and just making sure I use that platform to the best I can.
0: I love it. I love it. I'm excited to see how that phrase unpacks itself throughout this interview uh, mm-hmm. and just to all the areas that you are a part of. But before we get to the work that you're currently doing today, we're gonna take a we're gonna take a step back. Uh, <laughs> down the memory lane. Um, so both you and I attended Willamette university. Uh, we played ball mm-hmm. together, <laughs> shout out to Wu, uh, played football together on the field and, and did that. Um, but I want to hear from you just how you got to Willamette, uh, and talk about some of the sports, you know, we talked about football, but you also play basketball as well. And, and then we'll get into some other questions about some of the things and the highlights you've had during your time there.
1: Yeah. No, uh, uh football, uh, was a big Avenue for me. I first started playing when I was a freshman in high school. That's the first time I ever played football. Really? I was always too big. And in California, there's a white limit, and my mom was always scared because um, I was so young, but I would have to play two grades of them. My mom's like, no, you ain't doing that. I said, okay, bro. <laughs> uh, and uh, freshman year, went out for football and gene and jorts. had no idea what the heck I was going to swear. True story. And jorts, You're not going jorts, bro. This big old guy, coaches in the carrier, like, dude, you're 6'5". And I was like, yeah, all right, we can find a spot. I said, cool. Um, so played football. Unfortunately, missed my sophomore and junior year. Had knee surgery back-to-back during football. Mm-hmm. Um, and came back my senior year. So I had a couple different looks, knowing nothing big time, just because I've only been playing football for two years out of the four. Uh, and my coach at the time um, knew Coach Beckman. Mm-hmm. You know, they played, or they coached together at Merced uh, High School, and they got me up here. Loved everything about it. Uh, and decided to go to Willamette and play football for five years. Because again, I now had another knee surgery my senior year. Yeah, uh, and I was fortunate enough to play basketball my first two years there as well. Okay, it was just a, it's been a crazy journey that my yeah. whole ball career.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I, I don't want to dwell actually. I want to talk about just your mindset during that, like being injured, uh, especially, you know, going through significant surgery and coming back and playing the game. Um, talk a little bit about just what it was like on, from the the comeback aspect, not the injury part of it, because I know how that feels. But when you are the mindset of coming back to the game, um, what were you thinking? What were you feeling coming coming back from those injuries uh, Those those few times?
1: Uh, high school, uh, I didn't know much. Uh, I was a sophomore. I got injured. I've only been playing sport for one year, so I didn't think too much of it. Then I did it again the next year. So I was like, "All right, I'm already in this process, so might as well keep going." Um, so senior year, biggest thing is I just I knew I could play at the next level then. So making sure I showed enough to uh, college coaches that I could play. But the big one, the big one was that while I'm at Willamette my senior year um because that was when we went to playoffs lost by three mm-hmm. uh, had a pretty good team with Mervin Wu and all them yeah. uh, so I got so one of the best years at Willamette I was injured after the second game and during that process it kind of it kind of sucked because uh the football or not the football the doctor told me that you need to stop playing football like what are you doing there's a knee, third knee surgery you're at this rate you might need a knee, uh, knee replacement when you're late 30s and I'm 32, and haven't got it yet, but um, but I kind of took that as a challenge. I don't know. Some people may like, yes, I shouldn't play, but I don't know. I'm just, I'm super competitive, uh, as you may know. Oh yes. <laughs> I don't care what you're talking about. We, I can find a way to argue about it, but um, I kind of took it on the challenge. Um, I was like, no. I uh, people doubted me coming back my for another year, and uh, fortunate enough, I was able to play my super senior year, as they call it and played at a high level until I rolled my ankle probably the last part of that season so I missed kind of the last three games or so Um, but that the last knee surgery was the one that I wanted to prove people wrong I had that mindset in everything I did uh, working out and stuff like that so
0: yeah yeah man yeah that workout that drive that you have is is great it's competitive and it's scary especially if you are somebody who is on the other end of that drive. <laughs> or in a, even in a playful manner, uh, you still get very competitive. Uh, there's quite a few stories on that end. But um, I appreciate what you stated just on the perspective of not letting anybody tell you that you can't do something uh, when you know in your heart and your mind that you have the ability to do it. And you've proven yourself to do that. Uh, and I know you, know you mentioned Coach Mark Speckman one of the main things he often said when he was coaching is, you know, turn your setbacks into comebacks. And I would imagine that, that, that same mentality was there as you were rehabbing, you know, getting back into practice, kind of getting back into swinging things and having that strength again to get back on the field and play the game. Um, What other memories do you have or whatever highlights do you have of playing uh, both in either football or basketball in high school or in, excuse me, at Willamette university?
1: Um, well, besides all the injuries, those are the biggest thing. Yeah. Had three, three major knee surgeries, but um, there's been a couple good ones. Uh, my senior year in high school, uh, we just lost in the second round uh, on like a last-second 40-yard pass. Mm. Um, but after, the, we were all down, and I was just pissed off and didn't want to leave the field. But uh, my high school coach came up to me and said, you can play at the next level. Um, I don't care the outcome of this game. You proved to everyone that you could play at this, at the next level. And it it hit me. He didn't have to, it was my uh, O-line coach. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was a great coach and he didn't have to do that, Um, but he made it a point to uh, just make sure I realized kind of the big picture. And he, we talked more about, Hey, this sucks. And you're always going to remember your last game uh, of high school football. Um, But at the same time, you need to understand that you played your butt off it. Um, he asked me if I had any regrets, and I said, "No, I wouldn't change anything in this game. I thought I played the best I could." Um, so that was that was just kind of neat. He did, again, it's just he went out of his way to do that and kind of talked to me through that at my low, one of my lowest points yeah. uh, as a teenager. Um, so that was that's always stuck with me. Yeah. Um, then just playing <laughs> after my third knee surgery, just being able to prove to everyone and to myself, really. That, uh, that I could still play and I could play at a high level, mm-hmm. maybe I wasn't able to move as much, but I was still able to adjust my playing technique to be able to play uh, in college. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to go from a two or a three point stance to a two point stance um, but I was able to make it work, and it was just those are the kind of two that kind of stick out to me the most
0: That's what's up that's what's up. Yeah, I would imagine that um you know the, the being able to prove it and prove other people wrong, but also prove to yourself that you know you can do it—that that's truly important and all, what a lot of people need to hear as well. Uh, and it's amazing to hear that you had a high school coach too, who also saw that within you. And 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 before we get to the point of you now being in the shoes of a of a high school educator and a coach and being able to share and embark that with your t- with your students and with your players, um, I want to talk about that transition between being a uh, going from being an athlete and experiencing, you know, the highs and the lows that you have to then knowing that, you know, unfortunately, your last season is over, your last game is over, and you're transitioning into becoming a civilian, which is not a terrible thing, but it's, it's a reality, right? Uh, uh, what what was going through your head uh, as you were preparing to transition into the real world, so to speak? <laughs> what the heck am I
1: doing? <laughs> <laughs> Like, what is there, what else in life can I do now since I'm done playing? Um, I don't know. There was a lot of confusion, uh, a lot of questions, because um, I went to Willam University. Uh, I was, became a, ma- or I got my major in math and had no idea what I could do with a math major besides teaching. Um, I just did it because I'm, I'm really good at math, so um mm-hmm. It was, and I didn't declare until probably my last part of junior year. It was kind of the, this is the only route you can really go. Um, confusion. Had no idea. Literally had no idea. Uh, at the time, my girlfriend, but now my wife, Kaylee, uh, would give me so many different options. And no, no, don't like anyone. I could be an accountant. Had to keep doing school. Uh, do business. No, nope, don't want to go keep. I knew I didn't want to keep doing school or continue my education further. I knew that for a fact, especially after Willamette. I had some loans I got to pay back. So I was like, no, let's let's keep it cool with the loans for now. Um, but it was Chris Mutalo, actually. Um, he, he was before me. He graduated, I think, two or three years ahead of me. He was plugged in at South Salem and said, have you ever thought about coaching? And uh, no, <laughs> I never thought I could be a good coach or knew how to coach or anything like that. But um he said give it a try came to a couple practices he plugged me in with scott defoe mm-hmm. um, i remember sitting down with him and uh coach short yeah. uh, in the comments and they were just asking me questions and answering the best i could just based off what i've been doing uh playing wise and at the end i said we want you to be a coach and i said oh awesome i was super excited and ever since then it's kind of been uh it was the path i really wanted to do because i could get back and i could still be in sports and still be competitive uh, just who I am I'm, I just want to always compete
0: uh, yeah. the best I can dang that's good yes yes the the pipeline between Willamette and South is strong when it comes to players to coaches uh <laughs> and yeah uh, yeah it's, it's, it's strong it's real strong um yeah so not knowing what to do in that season is real <laughs> and that's something yeah. that I think that I, re- I know that we all experience in some capacities. there's some things that Kind of interest us, but we don't really know exactly what that looks like. And sure, you declared a major, but really, what does that even mean once you graduate? Uh, is is a reality? Um, but the crazy great, part, yeah, the crazy
1: part at the time is uh the only thing I really knew was Victoria's Secret because I've been working there for right. eight years. So um it, it's funny that I'm six seven and been working at Victoria's Secret for at that point probably eight years on and off, and I actually. My go-to was they're opening a branch in Hawaii, uh-huh. and uh, they kind of asked me if I wanted to be a manager there, and I almost pulled the trigger on it. Really, wow. but again, well, held back.
0: So, what, what was the reason why
1: you said no? Uh, I really don't know. If honestly, Kaylee really wanted me to take it because uh, she loves Hawaii, and I yeah, I know, just it. I just had a gut feeling mm-hmm. that that's not what I wanted to do. That's mm-hmm. not where I wanted to be. Um, I didn't take it. And fortunately enough, the route I
0: did choose uh, panned
1: out to be awesome.
0: Yeah. You know, well, I am glad that you decided not to go, even though that sounds amazing. Victoria's <laughs> in in Hawaii and Hawaii in general. That sounds dope. Um, but yeah, so you decided to step into uh coaching at South Salem. It sounds like that was the foot in the door for you to then understand the world of education. So yeah. talk talk a little bit about that, like the how you moved from becoming a coach to a teacher uh in in just that journey and that process.
1: Uh so yeah, uh that summer, I think it was, it wasn't the year right after I graduated. Uh I think it was because I graduated in December, so I had that whole time off. Then that following fall, I think I got plugged into that. Um, and with that, after the conversation, Defoe asked me, Hey, do you what do you do or what's your job? I told him Victoria's Secret. And he's like, um, are you interested in getting working out of school as an IA, IA an instructional assistant? I was like, is it full time? Does it, do I get benefits? That you get all that. So I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, so with the coaching, he was able to get me a position at South as an instructional assistant, where I worked in special needs class with students. Um, I did that for four years, actually. Oh, Wow. And, um, awesome. Those kids. Those kids taught me more. In those four years that I could ever do anywhere else, I, it taught me patience. The biggest thing is you gotta be patient um, and finding different ways to communicate because some of those kids can't communicate verbally. Um, so, whether that's cues or body language or just positioning yourself certain ways um, to interact with these kids because once you interact and they get it, just you can see excitement. Everyone knows what an excited face or happy face, regardless of who you are Um, it was it was quite rewarding what I did for that IA for four years and um, when I got coaching and did IA interacting with kids I knew yes this is what I want to do for the rest of my life Um, just being around these kids them impacting me and me impacting them uh, was awesome Um, and I looked at doing uh, becoming a special education teacher and the more I looked into it, uh, they got to do a lot more paperwork and behind the scenes and meetings here and there. Um, and they don't they don't really interact with kids as much as I wanted to interact with the kids um, just because they got to do all the paperwork of IEPs and right. having the parents and all that good stuff. And uh, those teachers don't get enough credit for what they have to do and what they have to go through. Yeah, um, Jake Turner and I have the uh, yeah do all that. And they spend way too much, not way too much, but they spend a lot of time dealing with a lot of stuff and and they do it for the kids and make them better. But um, then that's when my math background kind of hit me. I'm like, Hey, uh, pretty good at math. Hopefully I can teach it. So uh, my final two years as an IA, I went to, or I did my master's online through Grand Canyon university. Mm -hmm. I'm a secondary education teacher. And fortunate enough, I was able to do my student teaching there um, and got plugged in the following year. They had an open math position. Someone retired and I was able to kind of uh, interview and get that job and been doing that for the last four years as well. And it's been it's been incredible. And I kind of the moment I knew I wanted to be in education. Uh, do you remember Ramos, Jacob Ramos? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, That's uh, at a awards banquet. He gave me a shout out and thanked me for always being on him, always being tough on him um, because I helped shape uh, who who he is today. And now he's in the military now, Mm. doing great things. And that's when it kind of hit me um, that this is what I want to do. And and if it's just one kid a year, that's making a difference. Um, Hopefully I'm doing that more as I get better with this. Um, But just being able to see one kid change his life is pretty special because Ramos was, was a little (laughs) screwy dude, did what he wanted, but, um, it was great to see him mature and just,
0: uh, find his way. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. I didn't realize. So you were at South Salem, you've been at South Salem for eight years. Yeah. Wow. And just, just like, that's a tremendous blessing to think about growing you're growing as well as an adult, you know, trying to figure your life out in that way, but you're also doing it in the same location. So you get the chance to interact with the same people and develop and grow with them. And then, like you stated, you're engaging with the kids and watching them grow too, like throughout their four years there uh, and be able to make impacts like you did with Ramos and, and see them continue on and do great things in the world and the community. Uh, And I'm very fortunate because not many, uh, new
1: teachers are in a school for that long so I, I was fortunate enough to have know all the teachers already know most of the students already at least the football and basketball kids already um, and it made my transition to a teacher into a teacher way easier um, and as a first year teacher or, yeah first year teacher they give you like a mentor teacher to kind of help you through the process and everything to go through and my mentor teachers like you really don't need any help I'm like I I know everyone. I know how to ask questions. I know people. Um, I'm kind of plugged in and it was, it was easy. Obviously there's some planning and stuff like that, that I had to get around or learn, but um, I've been very fortunate and fortunate for the things that have happened in my life these past 10 years.
0: Yeah. That's great, man. That's so great. I want to talk about your basketball transition because you moved from basketball, football to basketball, but uh, a, a timely question now that we are in this, quarantine season of lockdown and you're you're an educator in this distance learning uh, for all in kind of in this rest of the school year, how has teaching changed for you? Like, what are some of the elements and aspects that have changed from a logistical perspective and then the mindset that now you have of approaching teaching?
1: Um, I feel like the worst, again, I'm very, uh, I like to build relationships. I like to talk. I like to engage with people. I like to joke around. I like to make fun of them. So that's what I miss. There's a couple of students where I just want to make fun of them and I can't I can't go to the school and what the heck are you doing? Or um they're wearing the blazers jerseys. I can't make fun of them for liking poor teams or anything like that. So oh, there it is. There it is. You don't know you know have to get that little jab in. Who's, who still likes the blazers though? Side note. Come on now. Oh here we go. Uh don't hate my don't hate my inbox. Toby. <laughs> All right. Um, no, but just the interacting, interaction piece has been the hardest for me right now. Um, but the planning, uh, has been the same. I still plan. I still, uh, I, I live in a world where I grew up with technology. So it's, it's easy for me to make this transition. I create a Google classroom, create videos to share and stuff like that. Um, but the hardest part has been kind of, Helping all types of kids. There's kids that need uh, more help than others. There's kids that have IEPs. There's kids that just need just more assistance, and it's it's hard online to do that. Um, you can only break down videos and go through problems for however long you need to. But some of those kids just need you right there to go, or they right. just need that. They just need that right next to them, and it's it's hard and with not all kids have internet access or good internet access or, um, uh, a Chromebook or a laptop to use. It's been hard. And our school, our district has been doing the best it can by giving out all those, uh, renting those Chromebooks for students, but still um, being able to go get them or mm-hmm. having whatever they need to be able to do this. So it's just, there's some kids as of now that are still not signed up for my class and I'm, Trying to reach out, trying to make sure they're engaged, trying just to make sure they're okay. Yeah, at the end of the day, we want to make sure they're okay. Um, School second, just make sure they're going through this tough time because none of us have really ever gone through this. Um, no matter how old you are, uh, right, we haven't been shut down like this before, so it's new right. for everyone.
0: Right. Yeah. The the what I've been very very just. And acknowledging is just how people are adapting to it. And I would imagine, you know, I think it's been about, I think my wife, Lindsay, she actually was like, yep, it's been a month today. You know, she, I think my, at the time of this recording, the 13th was the a month since being kind of more yeah. talking about staying indoors and being on lockdown and whatnot. But what I've been just even through all the calamity and the slight hysteria, just watching people adapt uh, and really working hard towards like you stated, checking in on folks and checking in on those who may not have the the greatest setup uh, or or just really truly understand what's truly important. And yes, you need to be educated. We need to get the knowledge and learning, but we also need to check in and see how you're doing uh, and seeing that you have what you need uh, just from a basic level of needs set up first before we talk about, okay, how do we progress in your education in that way? So. Um, yeah, uh, I commend you, I commend all the teachers who are stepping into this new world and working and figuring it out, uh, but more importantly, it really shows how, uh, it continues to show how teachers are truly, they truly care for students, so I yeah. uh, appreciate that, and it's good that, that you're in those boat and doing, doing, doing those types of things, man.
1: Uh, yeah, I think, especially the way social media was going, especially students, as I can see, they are always on social media, and TikTok, just watching videos or yeah. posting something I think I think this might help them too because I think they're have to reach out just because they're at home so they don't can't just go to someone's house now they maybe have to make a phone call or a text or uh, use social media to talk to people and I think in the long run this might help kids interact a little bit more and it shows I have kids or some of my basketball girls are reaching out to each other just checking in it's just great to see that students are taking the initiative to do that as well. And I have, I have students emailing me, asking me if I'm okay. And I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I think I'm taking it worse than my two year old daughter right now, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm trying the best I can. Uh, so it's just great to see that even the students are, are, they're showing they care towards each other and towards the teachers. And it, it's kind of just, it's great to
0: see. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. So now you, you talked about basketball um i know we talked when you first entered into south salem you were doing coaching football we coached together on the field as well at south salem high uh and then you get the opportunity to coach basketball how did that come about and now that you're the head coach you're the head honcho out here uh we definitely want to hear how that's going too but how did you get your start in coaching at coaching basketball at south too
1: yeah so um probably around the same time as i started coaching football that summer before football started uh, we're doing football workouts that we usually do in the summer and I was just helping out there and coach Allen coach Tyler Allen at the time was the head coach for the boys program and he was working out with Hoffman and he just looked over and just saw me walk to the door like who the heck is this guy um he just asked me have you ever played basketball I said yeah I think I'm pretty good but um was like yeah
0: I don't want to guard you in the post I've done that way too many times it's bad news can't guard me in the
1: post, but that's another one another here or there <laughs> I cam out here, Ray, you're not gonna block my shot all
0: right, for this anyway, go ahead
1: uh no, we did, then we just kind of started talking some basketball um he asked me questions, asked if I was interested in coaching um and I said, yeah, so uh he asked if I wanted to be an assistant j v coach, and I said, yeah, just my foot in the door, I love coaching uh and or I love basketball, so might as well do football and basketball right back, back to back. Uh, So was assistant coach for a year with Saturn. He was the head JV coach, great guy. Mm -hmm. But after that year, uh, he left uh, to Eugene. Uh, Then Tyler asked me if I wanted to be a JV coach. And I said, sure. So I did that for four years as a head JV coach uh, Mm -hmm. for South. And I was assistant coach to Tyler Allen as well. And it was part of some great runs that we had. he, Coach Kyle is a great coach. Um, if you haven't talked to him or been around him, I encourage you to reach out to him because he's one, a heck of a basketball coach, I'll tell you that. But um, went on, I think we got a fifth place, a fourth place, a third place, kind of in a four-year span. And I was fortunate enough to be around some great athletes like Gabe Matthews and Connor Fone mm-hmm. and all that. So um, got great experience. He allowed me to kind of grow as a coach too, gave me freedom as a JV coach, he gave me some responsibility as a varsity coach too. Um, he was kind of, and looking back on it, training me or prepping me to be a head coach. And at the time, uh, coach McWilliams was the head girls coach at South and they were making their own run with state, uh, championships. I think they went back to back state titles and they got a third place. Uh, <clears throat> and then after that, he retired after that third place finish with, uh, Avena. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, Door was open. I never really thought anything about coaching girls basketball; just never crossed my mind. I, I was in football and the boys' basketball. I thought I was going to be one of those types of coaches where I either are going to fall in line with football or fall in to follow Allen. Um, so never really thought thought about it. But again, uh, Coach Allen talked to me and said, "Hey, you should. This is your chance that you get your foot in the door. Whether right. you you like it or you want it or not, you're going to gain experience with it." And I was like, "That's true." And he's like, "You." I you are ready for this. And then he, when he said that, it kind of like, oh man, he, he believes in me. This is the guy I look up to. Um, Same thing with the foe. The foe kind of talked to me, talked to me about it as well. And, and it it really hit home when uh, I talked to coach McWilliams um, one time after, (coughs) excuse me, sorry. I think it was like future freshman night. He talked to me about if I was interested in doing it and stuff. And he talked, he was a boys coach for long time that made the transition to a girls and how much he enjoyed coaching girls basketball more than he coached boys basketball and and after that i was like i want to pursue this i think uh, i think i'm ready first off and um and again the unknown part is the only thing that was holding me back at that time and i didn't want that to be the reason why i didn't try to pursue
0: this right dang bro i i I, what i loved hearing not just in that particular piece, but as you've been talking this whole night is that you have people really speaking, you know, speaking in <coughs> folks who've been grooming you for who see potential in you, but not just see it, but also grooming and helping put you in positions where you can be successful uh, with your already natural talent, but also coach talent to continue to grow, grow you better. And then when opportunity arises, they look to you and say, hey, like you can do this because you've been put in positions and you've shown that you, you've been proving it, that you can do it uh, and, and you're, you're going to kill it regardless. And so that's awesome that you saw opportunities and people saw opportunities in you and taking advantage of it to kind of grow into the space. Um, Yeah. I, 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 as good as I'm so juiced that you said that. Uh, And I know this last season was, was going to be it. Like y'all, you going to be on the podium you know, you and your girls with the hole in the first place. Talk about this last season and kind of what that symbolized for you. Oh man, I don't even know where to begin. Um uh,
1: sorry if I get kind of choked about this, but um uh again, uh obviously it helps to have talent around me. was uh, fortunate enough to have a lot of girls that could play some basketball. Um so it made my job easier knowing that I can move girls in different positions or run different things just how talented they are um, but I think we really had a chance I, re- I honestly think that deep down the side, uh, one of the teams we already beat earlier in the season um, another team we uh, lost to and the other one we, we were about to play so it could have been anyone's game so out of the final four we beat one lost one one unknown so we really had a chance to uh, make a name for ourselves so um, and this was kind of the first group that was actually my group i guess you can say right. uh, this is my third year so these kids have been in my program longer than they were in mick williams and mick williams was a heck of a coach don't get me wrong but it was kind of the girls i've been coaching for the last several seasons or a couple mm-hmm. seasons so um, to kind of see them progress because my first year i was 12 and 12 I was like what the heck am i doing
0: why did wow. i do this well 12 is not bad though it's not i mean you know it's 50 50 I know, I know the competitiveness in UI so I get that. I get that. <laughs>
1: twelve and twelve, and uh, lost first round. We made playoffs, which is good, but we lost first round to Jesuit. Mm. Uh, and uh, second season went pretty well. We went twenty and four. We won league. Um, that was awesome. We were thirteen to one league, um, and made it to the second round of playoffs. And then this past season, being able to our girls, our girls We're so determined. So after the previous year when we lost to Beaverton in the second round, obviously we're all sad and down, but uh, we only had one senior at the time and uh, she was great, great leader, kind of was the glue that you need for that. Um, But the rest of the girls kind of made a promise to each other, like, hey, our goal is to win this game so we can go to the Child Center. Because in Oregon, all you have to do is win your first two playoffs, and you go to the state tournament, which is the top eight. And – they, they made a promise to each other. Um, I didn't make them make a promise. I didn't tell them they had to make a promise, but they made a promise to each other and worked their tails off over the offseason, um, worked together, uh, workouts, open gyms, all everything you can name. They, they, they made it a mission to have that one goal and one of the proudest or not proudest. Yeah, it's proudest. And just greatest feeling is after we beat Benson this past season, who won it last year, in the second round to go to the child center, just a uh, pure joy and excitement on every girl's face. doesn't matter if they were a starter or uh, didn't play in the game whatsoever. It was just awesome to see as a coach because it was kind of like the monkey came off their back. Mm-hmm. They had this goal. They did everything they can to get to this goal, sacrifice, battle through injuries, uh, battle through drama <laughs> within with each other, um, and a- be able to get to – where they wanted to go was great to see as a coach. And uh, fortunate enough to play that first game and win uh, against McMinnville um, and moved on to the Final Four and then fortunately got canceled because of uh, the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. And probably the, one of the hardest things I ever had to do as a coach is to tell uh, a team or teenagers that their dream just ended yeah we're at a hotel at the time kind of got word the night before so we won um i think it was thursday night or wednesday night um we won after the game super excited and then got word that hey this might be shutting down real fast because that's when the nba i think just uh shut down some other things were getting shut down and get kind of got word that it was gonna it was gonna happen but Thursday they proceeded, the morning games were to play without any fans. Yeah. So I was like, hey, we still have a chance. Then around lunchtime they said, nope, we're done. And we're all in the hotel room, knocked on all the doors and say, hey, uh, we gotta meet real fast in the, in the hallway and I literally told them in the hallway, um, the season was over and just seeing everyone's reaction, just heartbroken. It's like you crush someone's dream. Like they're on cloud nine and you just said, nope, it's done. You're done. Go home. Uh, it,
0: was, it was tough. Yeah. What did you... So there is the logistical fact that you told them that unfortunately your season is over because of some something that's out of our control. Yeah what were some of the words that you shared with them if you if you don't mind sharing like that would that yeah that is sparked hope or just kind of kept their heads up or held high or what have you like what were some of the things that you said that really spoke to their character and spoke to their heart
1: yeah well first um this is when the coronavirus was you can you heard about it but you did not know much about it so i personally i was like we're canceling this just because I was uneducated. And I was like, because, because of the coronavirus? Are you kidding me? Um, and some of the girls were feeling that same way. Like, coach, why? And I was like, I had no idea, but um, thank God we did it. I think it was the right move going, looking back at it. It was the right move. But the um, biggest thing I wanted to get to or get across was you guys had a goal. Your goal was to make it to the Child Center. You did everything. We had our ups and downs. We lost, I think we started the season one and two. Uh, we lost our very first game that season. We went through a rough patch during the beginning. And um, just because the season is over doesn't mean we failed. Mm. Just think Just think about all the positives right now. I, I, and I threw out undefeated in league, 14-0. and 0. Uh, Made it to the Child Center. We won our first game at the Child Center. We're part of a Final Four team. Um, I think at that point, we won 19 straight games in a row. Um, right. Listing those facts to them, obviously it wasn't going to help instantly. Right. But pointing out all the successes they had during the season, even though this moment sucked, just trying to convince them, hey, you can only control what you can control. And right now, we can't control this. But we what we can control is being with each, four, or with each other um and just and just thinking about the memories because I guarantee you these some of these memories you have uh, it's gonna last you forever. I still remember some of my big games that we won oh, yeah. um, it was yesterday and just it's about the journey. it really is and obviously we all we all want the final result of I'm a champion or um, all that good stuff, but um, the journey is real what really makes a great team, what really makes a, you better. Um, really makes the memories you're going to remember a lifetime. And um, I know for me personally, the, some of those memories I, I will never forget. It was just great to see that. And understanding that not many teams can end a season with a win. Like usually there's only one, and that's the champion. So uh, thinking about it that way, we ended with a win. We did not end on a loss. We didn't, we're not going home because we lost. We're going home because uh, they canceled it. So the unknown's always going to suck, um, and I can't change that. But um, just being there for them and um, that day afterwards, I let them, they hung out with each other for probably an hour, but we made the best we could with the day. We went to the zoo, yeah. uh, we went to the Oregon Zoo, and then we uh, had dinner together. Uh, so we kind of tried to just distract them for a little bit and gain more memories, and, and it was great. Yeah. And yeah. Dang, man. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah, and for me, I would say another tough part, obviously telling them, but probably the, we took a milk wagon. It's just a bus for the teams, and I drove it. And probably that last 15 minutes of that drive was probably the longest 15 minutes of my life just because I knew once we got to South, we were done. Yeah. And I wasn't ready to be done. And just thinking about how am I going to say goodbye to these girls? What am I going to say? The girls will say I cried. Just as there was a lot of allergies in my bus in that South Salem at the time. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what it was, but it just, <laughs> it's me every time, those allergies. It's the Oregon, right? They have bad pollen here, I think. But
0: Yeah, right, in the wintertime of, you know. Those,
1: those allergies last about 30 minutes, but we, we won't talk about that
0: oh man that's hard that's hard to hear but i think what i is great that the perspective that you had and wanted to share with them and acknowledging the fact of what's going on but also acknowledging just the hard work that they put into being there and in the moment sucks but long term you look back on this and you remember the journey you remember the memories and then those games and um the the unfortunate fact of it being canceled but what it the whole season symbolize and will symbolize for them in their lives and in you and your life as well. So, um, yeah, man, I, yeah, it's hard to hear. I, I do want to hear if it might be even harder to think about this too, but like the next step, what is the next, like the next step or the the next, the goals that you have for either for yourself or for your, your team? Um, you know, I know it's, it's a little bit difficult to, I, I would imagine it might be difficult to think about that because, of you're just trying to figure life out right now, but yeah. uh, if you have even thought about it a little bit, like what are some of the goals that you are setting for yourself, uh, you know, for yourself and for the team uh, moving forward?
1: Uh, first off, I kind of just want closure for the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we're not able to have the end of the year banquet like most teams have or anything like that. So, um, trying to find hopefully a good time when when all this goes away. Hopefully a way for that to happen just I think that would be a good closure to the season uh, so again we can reflect on the good times and the positive aspects and before some of those seniors have to go to college um, so closure for this past season I really want to make sure that happens in some sort um, we have to do it online or virtually you know, we'll do it online or virtually but uh, that's what I really am trying to focus on how the best I can make sure this season comes to a great closure um, and for next year obviously doing the same thing I think we have another great shot of going to the state tournament um, so making sure my girls are still hungry yeah. um, because how much they wanted this season um, I don't want it to go away or feel like oh I'm done, don't need it anymore I tasted it, hopefully with the uncertainty um, they still have that edge or or that want and I think I know all my girls still want that. So um, making it back to the child Center. um, Obviously, um, I want to win a state state title. I really do. Mm -hmm. Um, Just selfishly uh, and how competitive I am, I want to be a state champion. Yeah. Um, I want to bring that back because South has been, has a tradition of winning tradition of excellence they always talk about and just to continue that and I think we we're able to we're going the right steps for that and doing the best we can so just being able to continue that legacy that South has it would be awesome and the biggest one is just make sure all my girls go to college so uh, I have been fortunate enough for these past three years I'll have all of my seniors have either gone to college or a trade school after wow. high school so I want to make sure I continue that aspect of it. Just make sure they further their career, whether that's college. And again, not everyone is is ready or wants to go to college, but mm-hmm. a trade school of some sort to, to just further them in education and life is my main goal
0: these days. That's awesome. That's good. That's good. That's that's appropriate goals, man. That's great goals to have. Man, your former player, teacher, coach, doing big things. Another identity you share is that you're a father and about to expect number two. Yeah. Boy, man, the big deal, bro. I, I want to touch on uh, just some of the things that you're learning as, as being a father. Uh, and then um, I missed the question earlier, but I think, I think it still can fits here, but just what are some of the lessons that you're like pulling from your previous experiences that are helping shape your world today? Um, but first I, I just want to hear how fatherhood's going, man. And some of the lessons you're learning in fatherhood, bro.
1: I I love it. Uh, My daughter's just turned two March 27th. We kind of had our virtual birthday party with all the grandparents and all that stuff. And we had the best of it. And uh, luckily, she doesn't know too much of what's going on. So she thought it was great. She got to see everyone still. And we made cake and she ate a cake and all that good stuff. But it's just a pure joy. And it kind of puts everything in perspective, no matter... Whether I lose a game, whether a parent complains, uh, whether we had a crappy practice, I get to come home and my daughter will love me and wants me regardless of what happened in my, uh, at school or in coaching. She's like, Daddy! and it's, <laughs> it's just You kind of prioritize what's important in your life um, and the impact. Like I said, you, it's all about impacting other people's and she's too and she's impacting my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, regardless if i'm happy sad pissed off um it, it's been one of the greatest gifts i could ever ask for and nervous for number two <laughs> um but um still excited um having a boy this time so mm-hmm. i think my wife's a little bit more nervous than i am she's mm-hmm. like i've never been around a, a boy before i was like me i'm just a, a grown boy it's <laughs> <She's> like <laughs> very true um no but it is it's it's the best feeling just no matter what, no matter what mindset I am, I'm just going to go to my daughter and she can say something funny um, or I can make her say something funny. <laughs> it's just great. And um, the cool thing is she's been able to grow up around basketball just cause I'm the head coach. So she's going to practices, she goes to team dinners. Um, she knows the girls' names. Um even some of my basketball girls have uh babysat her. Cool. And she's, she's around people that I that I think will have a great impact on her. And it, it's just it's just awesome. I yeah. can go on and on about this if I have to.
0: No, nah, man, that's good, man. Proud father, proud parent. And what I appreciate about you and Kaylee, uh, your wife Kaylee is that, you know, it's you two already have loving hearts and loving just Personalities, and you'll be able to create that environment for your daughter and and for your future son, and then invite people who are also influential to help shape that culture and shape that space to where, yeah, your daughter is growing up in an amazing place where folks care and folks show love, and it's it's really nurturing and that's awesome. Uh, and that that you're being there and you're learning a lot, and you know, and just being a great father in that space, man. So that's that's awesome to hear about that. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, Kaylee, Kaylee
0: is Kaylee's
1: a rock um, I can't say I don't appreciate enough what she does and she may watch this and and say why don't you say this to my face but uh, uh, she's a rock I, basketball takes a toll on me especially during season I'm gone uh, with practice, team dinners we do a lot of di- different team bonding uh, we travel to Bend three times a year so I'm gone a lot and she's been able to hold down the fort and keep this family together um and she's she's just incredible with how she can balance everything uh, with work with uh raising adley with taking care of me <laughs> um, it, it's just it's just really incredible how uh awesome she is so um i wouldn't i want to be the person i am today without her i can yeah. tell you that.
0: yeah well, yeah. I'll, what you can do, I'll play this that small clip and you can just replay that for her. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking, Kaylee. Put, put her on my ringtone. Just <laughs> <bit> <laughs> yeah, I'll send you the link. Um, hey, yeah, man. Hey, I, I want to make sure we turn the corner and start looking at just being able to provide some advice for your next generation. You are, You've dropped so many nuggets of you sharing your the lessons you've learned and the experience that you've had uh, throughout life and through coaching and teaching and fatherhood. That's uh, definitely impactful. And I, want, I would love for you to share a couple bit tidbits of specifically in certain areas of the next generation, whether in sports or uh, being a teacher or what have you. Um, but I think we should pay homage to those who uh, went before us and went before you. So a question I have here is who do you look up to and why? And like, how did how have they been influential to you?
1: Yeah. again, I just, I think it goes back to my mantra from the beginning, just um, how can you impact someone else's lives? And and it really comes down to um, caring for others, uh, putting others in front front of your own wellness, I guess. And again, I've been very fortunate to have great people who shape who I am. and I I couldn't ask for another uh, way of life or or, or route that I took to get where I am at now because I've learned a lot. Um, But first off, it's just my mom. She's a rock. Um, And I may not always agreed or liked what she uh, was uh, enforcing. Like um, She always expected the best and never settled for anything less than the best out of me, whether that was academics. She was hard on me in academics, because she knew how talented I was or how talented I could be. So um, she got all me uh, for B's. Um, and at the time, I was like, what the heck, Mom? I'm still doing better than most of these kids out here. But um, just pushing me to get A's was able to get me uh academic scholarship. I think I got the highest academic scholarship uh, in my high school because of it. Wow. Um, and just letting me kind of figure out what I want to be, always being supportive. Um, she allowed me to play sports, uh, football, basketball, baseball. Um, I think I tried out for soccer one year, got cut. Good thing, because I no, can't man. run that much. <laughs> uh, but she kind of allowed me to be who I am, but also pushed me if I ever slacked. Um, so that's that's been my main uh, motivation or influence over my years. Then going back to high school, I had a, I had a teacher named Mr. Avery. He was my English teacher and my philosophy teacher. He looked like Mr. Feeney. Oh, you know?
0: no. He always to get pissed <laughs> off and <I>
1: said, Feeny! <laughs> <laughs> Feeny. Oh, he hated that. But um, he was one heck of a teacher. And as of now, um, he I try to strive to be like him, just with the interactions he's had uh, or interactions he had uh, with his students and with me, how he impacted people. Um, and I was able to relate. If I had any problems, I can go up to Mr. Avery and he would help me through everything. So that was awesome. My football coach, coach Harris was awesome. Um, again, he's, he's the coach I want to be as well, that I strive to be just how um, he was able to relate to kids. Again, first year playing as a freshman football, uh, he was able to motivate me and kind of shape who I am and, being funny about it too it was great and my high school basketball coach coach Maribel, was great for me as well um so in high school those are the big three figures i had in my life that kind of helped me and moving on to to college days coach speck Mm -hmm. and coach Fowles uh were awesome again they they pushed me and they got on me for a lot of dumb stuff i did Mm -hmm. up in canaco um (laughs) that could be another story
0: over there, but yeah, we, we're going to leave that one alone a little bit. <laughs> Have you talked about connect boys? Let's, let's throw it back there. We can talk about connect boys. I want yeah, I want to get your perspective on that too. <laughs>
1: uh, no, but coach Speck and coach Fowles were awesome and kind of just showed me how to um, represent myself. Like it's bigger than me. You represent a program, you represent a school, you represent your family, just kind of thinking outside of my selfishness that I did in, in college uh, with some of the stuff I did and kind of made me look big picture and moving on to the South Salem, coach Defoe, foe, obviously a mm-hmm. uh, big impact on my life. He got me my first coaching gig, uh, coach short, um, has been there the whole time and he was always someone I could talk to. And he'd always ask about my family or my wife. That's how I was doing. Um, of went out of his way just to make sure I was okay so um, that was awesome and uh, coach Tyler uh, again kind of shaped me and molded me and groomed me to be who the coach I am today um, and I can't thank him enough for everything he's done he checks up checks up on me every now and again just to make sure I'm doing okay if I have any questions about anything so again a lot of a lot of people I can keep going on and on for those but those are the most that kind of stick
0: out to me right now that's great. That's great, man. I I appreciate you giving them a shout out in that way. Um, Yeah, so now that we, I want to talk about the athlete who is playing in their final season in college. Um, And we'd love for you to share just your words of wisdom to that athlete in that space. So what would you say to them? Is this,
1: are you thinking like at, at the end of the season or like before their final season?
0: I, it's a good question. A little bit of both. Yeah, I think either one would be good. Like, what would you say to, yeah, somebody prepping for their final season or currently in their final season?
1: Yeah, so for like my four seniors this year, beginning of the year, uh, just focus on the journey. Don't focus on your last day or um, when your next big game is or anything like that. You got to just focus on the journey, uh, whether that's practice, um, whether that's, a team bonding exercise or anything like that. Really focus on the journey and cherish those moments, because um, again, um, those are some of the memories that will last you a lifetime. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was that's kind of what I told my girls before the season and after the season. Um, it was different because of the way it ended, but uh, just in general, seniors just use your life experiences to. To use that whatever you do next whether that's college whether that's a job you take um, sports is a great avenue to mold people and to learn life lessons and that can serve you well in whatever career you want to go with um, whether that's showing up on time you have to do that practice or you run mm-hmm. whether that's handling yourself correctly on the field or on the court you got to do that at a job too so um, just making sure just make sure they know that they are ready for all the unknown. I We all had a whole bunch of unknowns, but um, trusting the journey you just have to be ready for that next moment. Um, and also, I guess uh, one thing going back before, make an impact on someone. Again, I'm, I'm big on uh, leave your footstep or footprints uh, for others to follow. Um, how do you want to be remembered? Um, again, it, it, as I keep, thinking about it it's for these younger girls that look up to you and they may say they do may they say no how do you want them to remember you as how are you going to impact them to be ready or how are you going to be impact them to uh do whatever they want to do whether that's on the court or off the court um so just make sure they're ready for that aspect as well
0: yeah that's good how do you want to be remembered that's really good yeah the impact is amazing man um So now for those who are interested in teaching and coaching, what advice would you give to a a student who, or somebody who is ready to step into that space? What advice would you give to them?
1: Uh, Teacher, I would say get involved somehow in a program, whether that's after-school program, like tutoring or anything like that, or um, maybe it's a club, getting involved with a club at school, Um, being in that environment, because you won't really know if you, like it or enjoy it or ready for it until you get in that environment where you can actually deal with other kids or students and uh, relate to them or talk to them stuff like that so somehow get involved with the school Um, do some research about the school as well don't go in blind like hey I'm here to tutor some kids like um, understand maybe the demographics uh, because each school has different different demographics and just get involved. I think that's the biggest thing for being a teacher. Again, I was fortunate enough to be an IA. So I was around all of that. And I, that's when I really knew I wanted to do it because I was around that environment. Yeah. Uh, it was really um, teaching. It's just all about relationships. Like you could be the best teacher in English. Like you know how to teach English, but if you have zero relationship with the kids, they won't listen to you no matter how good of a teacher you are. Because um, kids want to, kids want to know if you care about them and, and that you uh, relate to them, I guess. And so, building those relationships and seeing if you can have those relationships with those kids is is big. So that's what I would say about teaching mm-hmm. and coaching. Is again, just get involved. There's always programs that are are in need of coaches, whether that's assistant coach or a head coach. Uh, it's probably gonna be an assistant coach job. Um, it's a good way to get your foot in the door. Mm-hmm. That's how I started off. We got my foot in the door as assistant JV coach for a year. Um, so reaching out to programs. I know for my staff, I'm I'm always willing to uh, hire coaches or people that are really interested in wanting to learn the game or how to coach and any way I can help other coaches become better coaches, I'm all for. Um, going to clinics, uh, coaching clinics or anything like that. It's really cool. Uh, a positive about the coronavirus and being at home is there's a lot of free virtual coaching clinics right now that I've been been nerding out on yeah. probably for the last three weeks I watched three or four a day and just learning um, even though I went to the state championship or state uh, tournament I don't know all the answers and let's just listen to the people that I, I wish I knew this before going into the season like we could have even better been better before so um continue to learn. Understanding you you don't know everything and never claim to know everything except for uh good basketball teams or football teams. But
0: besides that, uh <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> jabs, all the jabs. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: no man. Hey, I appreciate just again the fact that you are willing to step into these spaces and and engage these kids be a part of their world, get to know them, be relating with them, but also helping drive for them to be excellent, to be the best that they can be. Um, And and I just, I I appreciate just watching your journey. I mean, even being a part of it with some aspects of it at the the very beginning, but even more so as you are continuing to grow as a coach and a teacher and as a family man, um, it's just amazing to see that. And, And I just appreciate your friendship, appreciate the work that you're doing and the impact that you're making in the next generation, man. So, uh, yeah, I appreciate you being on the show, bro. No, I appreciate you having me. And again, uh,
1: and I would just encourage everyone that listens to really, really think about more than themselves. Um, really think about the people around you, and how you're viewed. Because again, college days to where I'm at now, some people may have never thought I would get to where I'm at now. Mm. Um, I never thought I would get to the where I'm at now. And just, it, it, there's a bigger picture than just you. It's, it's how you... How are you going to impact, how are you going to motivate others to do better? And I would say with your podcast, you're doing a great job providing that avenue for people to impact other people. And I I truly appreciate what you're doing out there for everyone um, because there's a lot of negativity. I know I was guilty of it, always being negative, always saying you can't do this, can't do that. And as you get older, as I learn more, we got to build each other up. We got to support each other. Um, we got to help each other in any way I can impact someone. If it's just one person listening to this or thousands, um, if they need anything, they can feel free to reach out to me and I can help it anywhere. I can be my guest.
0: Yeah. Well, Greg Segway, how can people get connected with you, Adrian?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, you can email me. Uh, my email is Adrian Lewis seven, eight. So that's A D R I or L E W I S seven, eight at gmail.com. Uh, It's probably easiest. I'm always on my uh, email, checking my email. Uh, You can follow me on Instagram, Adrian L. Great. That's A-D-R-I-A-N-E-L-G-R-E-A-T. Big on Instagram. Uh, You can see pictures of my daughter. I always post her on there or basketball stuff or my wife. So uh, those would be the two main. You can contact me or if you want to talk over the phone or via text, just shoot me an email and I, I can send out my number to you. We can talk that way too
0: yeah yeah and then what about the program so how can folks get involved or help support or just follow along on your journey with the uh lady saxons basketball program
1: yeah so we have a, a instagram account and a facebook account just lady saxons basketball um type those into either instagram or facebook and you can just kind of follow our journey and what we do uh, we really use those accounts to promote the girls so you won't see anything about myself or the coaches that's for promoting the girls and all the accomplishments they do. Um it's just a good good avenue for for those girls to kind of get recognition. Um so yeah.
0: That's great. That's great. Well for sure to plug all those things in the show notes and and help drive people to not only just your stuff but also what you're doing with the program at, at South Salem High School. Uh but again, Adrian, I just appreciate you taking the time to share your story and embark some wisdom on the listeners. And uh yeah, thanks again brother. I appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to On The Mic with Ray White. And before you leave, I got a few asks for you. First, connect with me on social media and let me know what your thoughts are on this episode. You can find me on my personal page at Ray Devante on all social accounts and this podcast at OTMPodcast on Instagram. Next, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on your favorite listening device. Make sure that you go ahead and find On The Mic with Gray White on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, and make sure that you let me know that you're listening. And finally, share this episode with a friend. Take the time to send them a the link or tag them on your social media platforms and start the conversation around them, around the reflective topics and the questions on this episode. Thanks so much, and don't forget to share your story with others. Peace.